It's 9.49 on November 3rd. Millions of Americans have voted and are now glued to their TVs awaiting the results. Only two states have been called so far, Vermont and Kentucky, for an electoral vote count of 8 Trump, 3 Biden. No state has more than 20% of the vote in. The president takes to Twitter, quote, We are up big, but they are trying to steal the election. We will never let them do it. Votes cannot be cast after the polls are closed, unquote. Three days later, on the 6th, all but six states have been called. Michigan and Wisconsin have just been called for Joe Biden, giving him a huge advantage and cutting into President Trump's 2016 map. The count, 253 Biden, 214 Trump. At 4.06, White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany tweets, 6,000 Republican ballots were counted as Democrat in Antrim County, Michigan due to a computer glitch. The next day, November 7th, the President's attorney Rudy Giuliani holds a press conference outside of Four Seasons Total Landscaping to push further theories about the election. Some of the ballots you will see look suspicious. As a friend of mine says, I don't believe in conspiracies, but I also don't believe in coincidences. Kind of funny that all Republicans were rejected here, and it amounts to about, gee, just about the 700,000 votes that President Trump was ahead by two days ago that disappeared. Seems to me somebody from the Democratic National Committee sent out a little note that said, don't let the Republicans look at those mail-in ballots. In the months following the election, theories such as those spouted by Giuliani and McEnany would continue. A Monmouth University poll conducted in November of 2020 found that 32% of Americans, a number which has remained steady, believe that the election was rigged to ensure the victory of Joe Biden. An NPR Ipsos poll found that 17% of Americans believed that a group of Satan-worshipping elites who run a child sex ring are trying to control our politics and media, a belief core to the conspiracy theory QAnon. Ultimately, on January 6, 2021, a mob of people, including supporters of the QAnon conspiracy theory and people who believed the election was stolen, would storm the Capitol in an attempt to prevent the Electoral College vote from being certified. But, okay, wait, that's crazy, right? Oprah isn't actually colluding with Hillary Clinton to run a dungeon in the basement of a piece of plates in D.C., right? Wayfair isn't actually taking part in human trafficking conspiracies with their dressers. Like, I'm not the crazy one here, right? Please tell me I'm not the crazy one here. Like, how did we get here? Like, here's an actual clip of a member of Congress actually talking about stuff she actually believes. We had witnessed 9-11, uh, the terrorist attack um, in New York, and the plane that uh, crashed in Pennsylvania, and the so-called plane that crashed into the Pentagon. It's odd, there's never any evidence shown for a plane in the Pentagon. But anyways, I won't, I'm not gonna dive into the 9-11 conspiracy. They had very good relationships with MS-13. MS-13 was basically like, they were kind of the henchmen of the Obama administration. Okay, I'm including this too just because I find it funny. I wanted to talk to you about them. I'm not presenting them that they're fact, but I am presenting them that I'm hoping they're facts. Nice. So, let me slow down a little bit. What makes a conspiracy theory a conspiracy theory? One definition is the belief that a number of actors join together in secret agreement in order to achieve a hidden goal which is perceived to be unlawful or malevolent. That's loaded, but it's actually really helpful. It gives us criteria, which I'll be stealing from Jan Willem von Proyen's The Psychology of Conspiracy Theories. The belief that a number of actors join together in order to achieve a hidden goal. That gives us three criteria alone. Patterns, agency, and coalitions. Any given event was not random, patterns, and was carried out by a group, coalitions, of actors, agency. The actors are working together in secret agreement towards a hidden goal which is perceived to be unlawful or malevolent. This gives us our last two criteria, hostility and continued secrecy. 
the actors are hostile, they're purposefully trying to do something that's not in the public interest or hurt people in some way. The secrecy part is a little bit tough to explain. For a conspiracy theory to be a conspiracy theory, it still has to be a secret, so there can't be any evidence for it. Stuff like the Tuskegee Syphilis Experiment or the Vonsay Conference were a group of actors joining together in a secret agreement in order to achieve a hidden goal, but we have concrete evidence for them, so they're not a conspiracy theory, they're just an actual conspiracy that happened. So like, I get that definitions and stuff are boring, but they actually really help us identify why conspiracy theories can be so infectious. I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but basically it breaks down to humans being anxious, naive little creatures living in a big scary place. Whenever a crisis occurs, whether a terrorist attack, or a pandemic, or a financial crisis, people will need to make sense of it somehow. We need to feel safe, and we need to feel good about ourselves. Now sometimes that looks like, oh, there's a complicated socioeconomic situation in the Middle East leading to harsh views among certain fundamentalists which characterize the West and the US as devils trying to destroy them, causing them to seek brash action like an attack against the World Trade Center. But sometimes it can also look like Bush did 9-11 to have a justification for invading Iraq to get oil or something. Big events naturally must have big causes. I mean, Al-Qaeda is just a bunch of people from the Afghan mountains. How could they cause so much destruction? It must be the US government. Conspiracy theories make us feel safe. Even though the government killing thousands of its own citizens may seem horrifying, it's a lot more comforting than knowing any group from any country could do something like that at basically any time. To steal from Von Proyen again, fear breeds vigilance. When we're scared, we become skeptical of everything. If we see a stick in the grass, we're going to assume it's a snake, just in case. Humans are also unbelievably bad at just accepting randomness. We look for patterns and agency and everything. Try and give me a random sequence of coin flips. I will bet you real money that it is nothing close to what an actual random coin flip sequence looks like. And let's say you find a candy wrapper on the ground. What do you think? Do you think, oh no, someone littered? Or do you think, oh no, someone's trash can blew over? Expand that to bigger things. A lot of people didn't see a new disease pop up and think, oh no, a virus mutated in a bad way and no one paid attention and a million people died. They thought 5G pushes oxygen out of the blood and creates COVID like symptoms in new oh, major God. studies. So, yeah, of course, that guy's going to show up. His, that's, yeah, that's Alex Jones. It's that guy. Yeah. I hate stupid liberals. They, they call me the meme machine. We're not going to have Pepsi with baby flavoring in it. I mean, what the have we become? Excuse me. Yeah, so Alex is going to be providing us with illustrative examples of conspiracy theories for the rest of the podcast because his clips are easy to find. It's fun to laugh at Alex Jones. It's fun. I mean, okay, yeah, that too. The University of Pennsylvania Annenberg did a study on which personality traits are most closely associated with belief in conspiracy theories. Some of these won't surprise you. Entitlement, overconfidence, self-centered impulsivity, etc. Alex Jones knows all about that. However, some of the other traits might surprise you, namely depressive moods and anxiety. This is because of the need to feel safe and good about yourself I talked about earlier. Certain people, when in a low point of their life, will seek out answers to why the world is such a mean place, and they'll find something like this. Sunday Live, COVID-19 hysteria is a psychological warfare weapon launched by the Davos group to conquer Earth. Pashwa brags they're going to blame their Great Reset crisis they trigger on the existing institutions. That can be tempting. It's an explanation. It gives you someone to blame. In a best-case scenario, the person scapegoated is from a different group than you. They could be Jewish. They could be a person of color. That's even more tempting for someone. Hating a group can make you feel better about your own group. A study conducted in Poland found that belief in the greatness of Poland was directly correlated with belief in anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. 
The agency offered by conspiracy theories is also comforting. It's the same reason religions are comforting. The world isn't random. God is in control. In this case, the world isn't random. Klaus Schwab and Davos are in control. Now that people are on the internet more often too, it's easier than ever to believe in conspiracy theories. Let me be clear, conspiracy theories aren't like dangerously on the rise or anything. They stay at a pretty consistent level throughout all of history. While Von Proyen's book was written in 2018, psychologist Karen Douglas said that while we are at a slight high point for conspiracy theories, it will likely recede in the coming years. Rather, what social media does is plunge people already in the rabbit hole deeper into it. Social media algorithms feed you stuff they know will keep you engaged. Let's say you're into New Age medicine. The algorithm will feed you anti-vax content. If you're anti-war on terror, a perfectly reasonable opinion to have, the algorithm will feed you conspiracy theories about Bush doing 9-11. Mad about Trump's loss, the algorithm may recommend you stop the Steel Group, or someone is bound to post QAnon content, dragging you down even further. Conspiracy theories are a mindset. The biggest predictor for belief in a conspiracy theory is whether or not they believe in a different conspiracy theory. Belief in a contradictory theory even makes you more likely to believe a certain theory. For example, believing Princess Diana staged her own death makes you more likely to believe she was murdered. So now that we get why people believe in conspiracy theories, how do we fix it? Well, let's start off with something you shouldn't do. Interview conspiracy theorists. Covering them is fine. It's a lot easier to respond to a conspiracy theorist when an interview isn't happening in real time. The most common tactic conspiracy theorists use is completely flooding you with information to the point where you can't possibly respond to every point they make. Something is bound to slip through the cracks, and that could be a seed for someone to start believing in conspiracy theories. Let's look at a clip from Megyn Kelly's interview with Alex Jones. When you say parents faked their children's death, people get very angry. Yeah, well, let's, oh, I know, but they don't get angry about the half million dead Iraqis from the sanctions, or they don't get angry about all the That's illegals pouring in. Did you catch what he did there? He was asked a question about Sandy Hook. He dodged by talking about Iraqis, then illegal immigration, then by blaming the media for covering it up. Kelly couldn't possibly respond to that, and if she tried, Alex would talk over her and bring up three more things. There's also an effect known as the illusory truth effect. The more familiar something is, the more likely you are to believe it. Placing a conspiracy theorist in a major publication like the New York Times or on a major news broadcast like ABC gives them something they could never earn for themselves. Legitimacy. This person is being interviewed on live TV. They must be at least somewhat serious. The best solution we have to conspiracy theories is education. To prevent people from seeking alternative explanations, give them the real explanation. Journalists covering conspiracy theories should lead with the true information about a topic before even mentioning the conspiracy theory about it. Fighting fear and uncertainty itself can also help prevent conspiracy theories. If you or someone you know is starting to fall down the rabbit hole, go see a therapist. It's not the worst idea in this scenario. I wish I had some sort of bold plan to end conspiracy theories easily, but I just don't. We need to teach people about the world and continue to show them that people like Alex Jones are kooky. The world will be safer if we do. Thank you.